happy hour from Uptown New Orleans. Hi, I'm April Stolf sitting in for Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is, no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whatever they just got out of a limo or out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar. Today, we're at Wayfair on Ferret Street. Wayfair is a restaurant and bar serving handcrafted food and spirits seven days a week. Wayfair has three-hour happy hour every day from 3 to 6 p.m. Everything is half-priced drinks and appetizers, and they do an awesome brunch on the weekends. Wayfair on Ferret Street. And today, our guests for this show are, we have Joseph across from me, Joseph Makos. Joseph is a writer, printmaker, and a self-described media archaeologist having savaged and restored historic printing equipment from at least a dozen print shops to date. Thank you for being on the show, Thanks Joseph. for having me. Really happy to be here. Great, thank you. And then we have Bay. Bay, how are you? <laughs> Bay is here. Bay is the. Bay has started the Nola Yoga Tribe. Nola yeah. Tribe Yoga here in New Orleans. She is. Her partner is Mackenzie Kirschner, mm-hmm. and you started that in 2016. From there, it's grown rapidly. But you're also doing so many other things here in New Orleans as well. So thank you so much, Bay, for being on our show today. Thanks for having me. Bay, that's your real name too, right? That's my real name. That's my full name. That's the name I was born with. And yes, I know what Bay means. Bay Cobb-Tilson. Yeah. Let me just give her her full yeah, name. Yeah, we got, we got through like a five-minute conversation in 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought I'd address all your yeah, questions. Yeah, there was, there was like time. a there was a pre-Bay world and then mm-hmm. now there's post-Bay. Well, there wasn't, but there was Yeah, not for you, Bay has existed okay, for, yeah. uh, you know. Hurricane Chris. Shout out Hurricane Chris. <laughs> and we have also here, we have Andre Lovett. Hello. Andre Lovett is, he performs over at the Apple Barrel Bar on Frenchman Street, yes. just below Adolfo's, Adolfo's yeah. Italian restaurant, which Super delicious. I love. It's so delicious there. Thank you for being here, Andre. We're looking forward to all of your beautiful music oh, for us today. And then we have C-Rock. C-Rock will be on our show with us. Yeah, this is my first time sitting in, and it's also my birthday. As Happy we've, birthday, We've all talked about it, but yeah. Yeah. Last week was April's birthday, so a lot of birthdays here at the Happy Hour family. I know. When is everybody's birthday here, just since we're on birthdays? October 21st. August 14th. August 2nd. Are you Leo. Guys, are you guys the same? Are you on I'm the cusp? Leo. We're Leos. You're both Leos. Two Leos. and Labor then... Scorpio cusp. Ooh, you're cusp mm. too. Mm. Yeah. It's dangerous. I love this. So, so now let's see. You have. So you've been. What are you doing as a as a writer and a printmaker? Like, what are you, what are you printing, Joseph? What are you writing about? And I heard earlier that you do have your own podcast too. Well, okay. So that's it. So uh, I am a writer and I'm a printmaker. But um, the one the one thing that I want to sort of just uh, clear the air. Let me clear the air. Okay. And the reason actually I reached out to Graham. Uh, is that um, I manage an archive here in New Orleans of, of this is really like what I spend most of my time, of 30,000 historic New Orleans newspapers from 1888 to 1929. 30,000. 30,000. 
reflects 42 years of New Orleans history. How have you collected all of that over this time? I got it all at once. All at once? All at once. One time? Yep. I responded to a Craigslist ad. And when did you get... Four, four years ago. Four years ago. It's true. Now, is this... Okay, so you, you did... Where was the Craigslist ad? Was it in America? Because I heard a rumor that you had found <laughs> these in, um, in England. They were or some. Well, okay, it's a really elaborate, contrived story, but it's 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 true. It's all true. I swear. Um, it's the British Library's New Orleans newspaper archive that they actually in 1999 they sold off their entire American newspaper archives, <coughs> and the New Orleans portion was in that bulk of newspapers. But this specific collection was bought by a, a newspaper dealer in Pennsylvania and then bought by a rare books collector and brought to New Orleans. And they put it in a storefront in uh, Mid-City. And it was, uh, it was uh, carefully and meticulously archived and uh, put in 30,000 airtight transparent plastic tubes. Did you happen to bring a tube with you? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I ran out the door. I know. It is. <laughs> I, I didn't bring a tube with me, but there are these plastic tubes that, um, in each one of them is a newspaper, and it's, it's 1888 to 1929 New Orleans history. Interesting. Not just New Orleans history, but it's world history. Um, and you have to really think for a second about what the world was like between 1888 and 1929. This is literally the beginning of aviation, the beginning of radio, the beginning of automobiles, the beginning of so many things that make the modern world that we live in now. So that's, so it's basically the dawn of the modern era of New Orleans history. It's the golden age of illustration into the beginning of photography. Um, it's, there's a lot of dynamic content in this, in this archive. I would love to read those. Did you start from the beginning or did you just like pick one and read it? When I got the archive, and still, I mean, it, is, it was completely out of order. So I couldn't start January 1st on the first day of the first year. Have you read them all? No. I, you can't. You, there's, no, there's, no possible way, there's no possible way to read 40-plus years of, of New Orleans history in just four years. That's so, this is like the perfect timing for that because with our 300-year anniversary right now, so... You got how it. long do you think it's going to take you to finish the rest? Reading. Really? Are you saying like how long <laughs> like, is it yeah, going like to take me much, to read? How much have you read so far? <laughs> well, okay, let's let's okay. Well, first of all, let's think about like how much content is on a single page of a newspaper. It's a lot, especially the older newspapers where the typeface is like seven point. Yeah. I mean, it's tiny. Ooh. It's tiny. Um, but I can say in the last four to five years since having this, I've I've looked I've looked at. Can't say I've read from start to finish. But I've viewed, I've looked at over 15,000 front pages. That's how I feel about Instagram posts. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. No, no, no. This is fine. It's, uh, I, I know what you're saying. You just kind of scroll through. You can look at 10,000 Instagram posts in a day if you really, your, t your thumb might be tired. But, um, but this is literally 15,000 front pages of news stories. Yeah. It's a lot of content. The front page alone. I mean, everybody wants to know what's on the cover, right? So, with the, um, with the, how many pages are in the first? Do you have you looked at the first one yet, or read like the first one? But, but when you say the first one, what does that mean? What do you mean? Like by that? back in eighteen, like the beginning of the collection. 
I have, have you found the beginning of the collection? I, I do not think that I found January 1st, 1888. No. Okay. No. That's not... This is like a needle in a haystack situation. Oh What's been the most interesting front page you've read so far? Ooh, that's really good. Good question. Uh, good question. Uh, I, the, the, the paper from the day after the French Opera House burned down, okay, in, in 1919, was a very sad day in New Orleans history. Very, very sad day. Um, actually, it was responsible for many... The French Opera House burning down was... I mean, think about like the center of your of cultural New Orleans, right? Like the, the, the French Opera House in, during, during that period was the center of all performing arts and culture. Uh, imagine that burning down and imagine what the New Orleans people felt like the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like that, reading that account of, the, of the, uh, the fire and the smoldering ashes and just what, what, what people were thinking in the French Quarter at that point. I mean, it was, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty intense story to just read, like, the face of the city changed that day. Was it know? arson? They don't, they don't know. It was never discovered. <laughs> no, it was never discovered uh, what happened. Yeah. It does sound like a, a New Orleans mystery. <laughs> it does sound like a New Orleans mystery. Uh, let's see. Uh, axe murderer stuff. Yeah, I know, I know about axe the murderer. axe murderer. Yeah, the axe murderer. The, the he the loved jazz music. He did. Wow. Well, yeah. th there's a. There, there, no, do you know Monte? This is the first I'm hearing of this, and I'm very interested. The axe murderer of New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, it's Tell this, me more. We're, we're kind of stepping on the uh, the toes of that podcast, My Favorite Murder. Oh, that's oh. all right. It's all right. It's one of the most popular podcasts, but they have that episode about the axe, that crazed axe man of New Orleans. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of debate about this. It's uh, it's uh, during from from about I believe it's 1917 through 1919 for about two years, three years. Uh, there was an axe man who terrorized the city of New Orleans. And uh, it's there's a lot of debate surrounding it, whether or not there might have been, like, copycats. It might have not just been one person. There might have been other people. Because they can't say with definitive proof, because the person was never caught, they don't know how many of these murders can be attributed to this one person. What years was this, and is he still around? No, <laughs> and it was definitely he's dead, he's dead a he. Let's be honest. Nineteen seventeen to nineteen nineteen. Well, you're, you're missing the best like, part of the story. Is I that, haven't gotten there. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll let you get there. You're talking about the famous night where the, he writes the letter yeah, to the newspaper. Exactly. He's the original Zodiac. Yeah. Right, sending in the letters. Yeah, but, but how do but you I'm, know this, T Rock? I know. What do you know about this? Well, I, I mentioned reading? that podcast. I'm not going to do more free press for them. But, uh, <laughs> but then it's also like, it's sort of like New Orleans lore. You know, we love that over here at Happy Hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in 1919, uh, supposedly, supposedly, the, the axe murderer wrote a letter to the newspaper that said, you know, um, if, uh, if, if jazz is played in every club and every, in every venue in town tonight, that uh, I, I, I'll, uh, I, I won't kill anyone. You know, there will be no murder tonight. There will be no axe yeah, murder. Yeah, if, if, if there's a jazz record or a band going on in your parlor, I won't come into your house. Yeah, like. exactly. But I will say this. I have talked to top uh, people at the, at the Picune, a, a writer at the Picune who's, who has done a lot of extensive research uh, on this, and uh, we both think uh, that it's a hoax. Okay. We both think that the, the, the Times-Picune wrote the letter to, the, that it was a hoax, and that they oh. wrote the letter to themselves to sell newspapers. Interesting. That's because not why, that cool, though. Why would the axe murderer, well, it's, it's potentially, who knows. Why would, why would the axe murderer write a letter to the newspaper? 
Yeah. Well, I find that very interesting to think of the idea that like New Orleans is responsible in building our own like legend that like we love jazz and that maybe some serial killer might be so motivated by like the love of music that he would spare people. And it sort of it sort of builds this like beautiful romantic myth about New Orleans. We we love jazz now, but you should know the first the first written uh, article in the new local newspaper on jazz. It was called on, it's called on jazz and jazzism, was a scathing critique of this new music as a negative thing. So the newspapers and the media here in New Orleans was not always celebrating jazz. At one point in time, jazz was looked at in a very negative sense. Well, I think that jazz today would be, is definitely not in a negative sense. And Bay, would you put jazz in your yoga classes? Like, would you have that would like you have jazz Andre music as your, for your yoga as class? your booty I don't music? Really play, Andre, you can play any yoga class for I don't me. I usually ever. play jazz music, but I mean, I'd love to come play, of course. Anytime. For booty music, I feel like it all it all yeah. comes from jazz, though. Booty that is very yeah. booty I mean, music. Yeah. So, Bay, you do okay. Wait, you have a few different types of yoga that you're doing. I read this on your I website. I do like today. all the yoga. Yeah. Booty yoga, yoga, which yeah. I actually have been to one of you those. Have? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, really with me? Fun. Not with you. There's okay. another booty girl that does. Megan. Can you please it's, tell us what booty okay, yoga it's is? Spelled, it's spelled B-U-T-I, just so that everybody knows. It's oh, not, okay. It's okay. not B-O-O-T-Y. So I was going to be like, that's another New Orleans tradition. Yeah. And they do it within like a black light, and everybody paints themselves like in tribal So that's colors, yeah. right? I think and, we're blending a couple different kinds, but yeah, okay. I do it all. If it's high energy, if it's like club level, that's the kind of yoga I want to be teaching. Tell Loud music. About, where was that? You were doing That was at Republic. Okay. At the club. At the club, of course. I mean, <laughs> yep. no, why not? I like, and yeah. you're at Higher Power. I teach at Higher Power like three, four times a week. And then I do Nola Tribe like two to three times a week. I, still, I have a question about Republic. It was yes. on... On the so. floor of Republic or on stage? Or? <laughs> to be fair, I was on the stage. Okay, um, okay. But <laughs> my sense. sweet, amazing yogis were on the floor of Republic. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so was, the, was the VIP balcony parts. open? VIP balcony was yeah. open, but for drinks. Um, uh-huh. Because I don't discriminate if someone wants to have a drink before <laughs> yoga or during yoga or after yoga. I didn't know that was a sort of discrimination against... Um, I think there's some pretentious yogis out there, yeah. um, but I'm not one of them. That's good to hear. The booty yoga is very high energy, and it's, yeah. I found it to be at tribal. It's a, a lot it's of fun. Like tribal dance, plyometrics, yoga, and hit. Maybe a little bit of hit. Like yeah. If you burpee and mountain climbers, and it's. When athletic. did you start practicing? Yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my first class in high school mm-hmm. when I was like 15 at boarding school. And then um, when I was in college, I had a professor who was like this ex-lax bro who after college had gone and lived in a cave for seven years and taken like a vow of silence. And he was oh, so yeah. inspirational, I guess. I thought he was super cool. So I got into yoga a lot when I was at Duke. And you went to Duke University. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what did you study there? Public policy and history and women's studies. Of course. <laughs> of course. I'm wondering about this side of the table. Have you guys have you guys done yoga ever? I have never done yoga. Andre. So so what would you suggest? What should, what should I do? Never done yoga. Yeah. yoga. Where does he jump in? Um, <laughs> he looks so excited, Andre. <laughs> to be honest, he's like, well, not really. Uh, I mean. 
I just like the question, what should be my first yoga? First thing, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, so I love a good beginner yogi, but I don't think you'd want to do it with me. All right. To be Fair honest. <laughs> I, don't, I don't take it easy. Um, but you should definitely start with a beginner yoga class. So you have, well, they, you have classes, though, too, at the chop yard. And yeah. You still, I mean, not like today, because it's cold. It's bloody cold outside, right? Literally <laughs> so freezing. We would not be out there. But um, they do it outside in the chop yard. Mm-hmm. And what is that called? I think I've heard of it before. Have you been to, like, chop a tooth? Uh, like. The class. Like free spirited yoga oh, at Chadwood. Um, so yeah, that's every Wednesday, and we'll be doing that again in March. We'll be back <coughs> after Mardi Gras, after the Mardi Gras. But we're everywhere. We're at St. Rock Market on Mondays. I have seen you there because I live right around like. That's a great. I live space. behind Market, so. We love. We lo- it's a big gallery with like. You're hosting an event. You should look into St. Rock. It's awesome. Bay, we've got someone online who, who they want to know more about your hat. They said, Shut where up. can I where can <laughs> I get one of those hats? Where do you get the hat? That Mambo shirt says. Um, where can I well, get one of those hats? That Mambo shirt. I'm wondering where I can get one of those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's online, probably. Yeah. You just you. What do you it mean? Just arrived one like, day, or? I have lots of things uh-huh. like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a combination this- of a winter hat and like a, a baseball hat. It's the perfect New Orleans winter and a Pomeranian. Yeah. And a Pomeranian. Thomas says Pomeranian. <laughs> um, I would call it fashion forward. <laughs> um, uh, I, okay, so I have like a thing where I really love shopping at like the hood rat stores. Uh, we don't. We can't call it that. <laughs> so. What is it like? You'd Goodwill? never find it. Did you get it from like City no, Trends or something? Probably. I don't even yeah, know right what on, it's called. Uh, right on Claiborne. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I couldn't find it again if I tried. But I love novelty. What do you think about these guys' outfits? They're so dapper. They're they're making the rest of us look like shit. Andre, you look so good. No, you you guys both look so good. Hey, Joseph looks great, too. He looks great. I appreciate it. It's like everybody's fashion comes out when the the weather drops. You can Uh wear and... Yeah. So true. We're not shorts. Where did you guys come? What have you been doing all day today? No, what have you, that you look so great? I got dressed five minutes before I got <laughs> over. So. Oh really? Well, you look so good. I, I wake up every day and yeah. put and wear this, this every day. This is what you wear every day. It's my day. uniform. I own I just own like ten of the same white shirt, ten black ties. Mm. It's, it's ten of everything. It's like Steve Jobs. And I just wear the same thing all the time. I can't parse this. <laughs> it might be a joke. <laughs> I don't think it's that much of a joke. Well, I mean, when you find things that you fit, that you that you are comfortable in. And, I really and like your your scarf vest situation. I know. I was. It's it's, it's like a whole other layer to cover my midriff. Bone. I really love it though. Yeah, it's like a little like houndstooth going on. Yeah, he's got a real yeah. vest. He's got a vest this is a this is a makeshift winter vest to me for Christmas. And your guitar matches, it. and it goes. Oh, yeah. You look so good. Guitar. You have this yeah. cool so look. Maybe we can play a song right now. Yeah, okay, I can Aren't definitely you? do that. Yeah. yeah. You think it's time for a song, guys? Why not? Okay. Tune my guitar. Do I have to Yes, this song is called Heartbreak and Cocaine. Um, Perfect. <laughs> it is a song I wrote about the summer of 2014. It's a perfect song to sing right yeah. after there's a little yeah. snow going on in New Orleans, exactly. if you know what I mean. 
perfect weather to go skiing. Um, yeah, and this Hitting is also the, the title track off of my band's upcoming album. So. Oh, 
Excellent, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. So you wrote that in 2014? Yeah. Or about 2014. <laughs> Both? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> what was happening in, in 2014? That was when I broke I've got up a guess. with Christine yeah. Marie. And yeah, there's a lot of partying going on. My very good friend had also broken up with his girlfriend, so we were just on the town a lot or like yeah just drinking and partying Are you living here? all day long no i was living in seattle at the time and where are you I, from i've lived everywhere my dad was in the air force so moved around a bunch and now i'm here when did you get here uh the beginning of 2015 so like right after that summer did your band come with you or you met him no here? my band is was formed here just through random connections and I think I saw, they're the Bourbon Bastards. That was so that was my old yeah. band. It's very we like, don't talk about them. <laughs> no, they're actually wonderful people. Uh, okay. They're just everyone's doing so shout out to them now. then. Yeah, everyone's doing different things. Ben's in New York right now. Uh, Colin's working on other projects here. Um, and same with Matthias, who's just hanging out. But um, yeah, that, that was a uh, that was the first band I had here. Now I'm the Andre Lovett band is my okay. band. Um, you can see us every Monday night at the Apple Barrel at ten thirty. And every Thursday night at BMC at 8, 8 o'clock. And then I play solo on Wednesdays at 6.30 at the Apple Barrel. So I'm wondering, on the record, is it going to sound that stripped down, or is it more of a... Um, the record is going to be... I'm not going to play on it on that song at all, for the record. Um, my keyboard player, Nat, is going to mm-hmm. do like a whole key intro. Um, and then... Um, bass drums and then yeah. there's going to be a sax solo thrown in there as well so it'll be it's very it's just as emotional but it's a little more more to it more me yeah. to it so who are like some of your contemporaries and then who are your like OG like inspirations oh man I don't know I've listened like li- growing up I listened to a lot of like boys to men mm-hmm. Usher stuff like that 90s R&B um, 90, yeah 90s R&B and then like in the 2000s, I was listening to what everybody was listening to in the 2000s, mm-hmm. like that kind of like more heavier, Usher, more more Usher, but also like John, the, more Chum- of like also the rock, like the like okay. all rock Fallout Boy, yeah, like Chumbawamba. I mean, a little bit of that, but like also like stuff like John Mayer was coming out in the okay, frame yeah, and stuff sure. like that. But it was more like guitar bass, mm-hmm. singer songwriter kind of stuff. So. Damien Rice, all that. Yeah, Damien Rice is yeah. great. Yeah, it's Andrew Bird was in there too. Oh, yeah, doing all for sorts sure. Of yeah, stuff. So, yeah. yeah, it's 
I, I always thought John Mayer was kind of a chump at the beginning, but he's he, really kind of come into his own. He really, I mean, and he's done like, a lot of great stuff. Yeah, you know? like playing, I mean, his guitar playing is ridiculous. And but at the beginning, every, it was yeah, like, I mean, he was just like some like singer songwriter guy that got popular. I mean, I still know. think he's making a chump. really yeah. cheesy songs. <laughs> oh man, he plays with the Dead now. Yeah, but I think the Dead suck also. Oh, oh man, yeah, hot takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Is is that a hot? It just recently became a hot take because everyone's now all like, "Oh, the Grateful Dead's amazing." But yeah. five years ago, anyone would have been like, "Oh, that's just that's that's, just, an, that's yeah, an acid thing." Yeah. Like, it, I mean, you want to go see like fifty-year-old men with like uh, whippet balloons yeah. in their mouth? Like, <laughs> it still is an acid band, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I guess I guess much. people are more uh, accepting of that now. That was, I mean, well, they just you know they're just drugs. they connected with a t- completely different generation of people. Now we have new we have new acid bands now. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I would say like Animal Collective's an acid band. Yeah. You know, in a completely different way. I love Animal Collective, but yeah. don't love acid. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they're an acid band, aren't they? Kind of. Sort of, yeah. A little, yeah. Bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would, I would agree with you on both of yeah. those. I mean. Yeah. I mean, we, I, New Orleans, you know, New Orleans is really rooted in its musical traditions a lot, and I think. You know, there there are experimental nights. You know, there's like mm-hmm. an upstairs experimental night at the uh, the Blue Nile, I think. And, yeah. And there's some experimental stuff that happens a lot at um like at, uh, at um at um on OC now? Haley. There's yeah. some stuff that happens at the uh, at the um uh, Zeitgeist. You know, they do some concerts and things yeah. from time to time over there. But I think in general, that we you know the experimental acid scene in New Orleans is <laughs> you know. I don't think we necessarily have a lot of acid bands here right no, now mm-hmm. these days. I don't. I don't run in that circle, so I don't know. You don't run <laughs> in that circle. <laughs> but yeah. may, maybe there is. Like, you know, people are playing a bunch of different stuff around here. So. What about what about like your contemporaries? Like, I felt like Sam Smith is pretty similar to. Yeah, um, that's like something that I, I mean I listen to. It's mm-hmm. on the radio. Um, and then I mean, my band covers. Stay with me, like which is one of his songs. Uh-huh, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then like older stuff, I listen to like Bo Withers and Sam Cooke, maybe mm-hmm. the the people that are Al Green, people that everybody knows. So those are my old school the souls. Kinda. Yeah, Tem- the uh, yeah, like the '60s, like '50s kind of soul. Temptations. Kind of yeah. Oh, man. the stuff that my parents grew up on, I guess you could say. But yeah, the age of records. Yeah, the age of '33s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like on Frenchman though you're like expected to play like a few songs and like not sort of deviate from what tourists want to hear mostly that is very true Uh and I I would definitely say I've gotten like side eye from people that Uh have just like oh why is my band why is is his band playing the weekend on a club on Frenchman I'm like but it's packed in here so I mean, These are always you gotta adjust with the times, and I'm I'm just playing stuff that I like and that people want to hear. So how many people are in your band? Uh, five, including me. So there's me, bass player, um, sax player, drummer, and what have we got? Bass, keyboard, maybe keyboard. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the how can I leave out now? No, and my keyboard player is amazing. That one, he's fantastic. But. Yeah, it's. I really like the group of guys that I have put together, and everybody brings something different to the table, which is nice. So I don't have to do as much when I'm. There's a lot of songs where I don't necessarily have to play guitar or anything. I can just rely on 
the like keyboard player to carry the song, and then the sax player is gonna solo like <coughs> halfway through or something. So it's like I don't have to necessarily do as much, and I can concentrate on hyping the crowd and singing instead of like playing and like worrying about the next part of the song. So it's nice to be able to have the support around you mm-hmm. of other musicians. I feel like I feel like you've gotten yourself in. I mean, clearly, you've gotten yourself into a real special location, too. I think the Apple Barrel is yeah. a really specific, special thing on yeah. Frenchman, and still, yeah, it really still, is. Yeah. it's it's one of the holdouts, you know, as far as, like, not, no. uh, not, yet. not not falling into that trap of just playing what the people yeah. want, and I think I think the Apple <coughs> Barrel is still a special, yeah. it's still a special place. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, there's definitely traditional jazz and blues people that play there, but, sure. but it's not the only thing that's going to be and I think there's a lot of places opening up to more different types of music especially if it's like I guess you can call it new soul so like artists like Leon Bridges that are doing new music he's what 27 years old but it still sounds like it could have been written in oh. the 50s or 60s so. my, my roommate just just introduced me to Leon Bridges and yeah. she's like playing it so loud in, <laughs> in, in, the, in, 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 the, in the place and yeah. amazing yeah he's great that's like, and that's another new artist that I really appreciate and listen to and I guess take after a little bit in terms of newer stuff that I'm working on so. is this your full time job? yes playing music and then when I'm like if I'm not gigging, I'll just go busk on Royal Street and just take my acoustic and play some solo stuff for a couple hours. And I think I've seen you on Royal. Like you kind of you like to you like to be a little bit further down. Yeah, usually I'm down by Cafe Amelie. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the Cornstalks and Hotel. Yeah, you know, it's against quieter. the wall there, yeah. right by right by Nadine Blake's shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's like quieter down there. I wa- no, I just walk around the French Quarter a lot. I see people. Yeah, I'm in the I've quarter definitely, he- I've definitely heard his voice in the French Quarter yeah. for sure. Do you see dead people too? <laughs> like, no, I don't see dead people. Through, uh, but you know, this is the perfect time for me to read you an article that I found okay, from 1895 when New Orleans was covered with eight inches of snow. Can I just read you the introduction yeah, to this please. article? Perfect. It, it's, it's a kind of a funny article. It's the South under snow. And it's from February uh, 15th, 1895. And the, here's the, the, the intro. It says, a white city for one day, another record broken by New Orleans weather, over eight inches of snow falling before midnight and, con- and converting Sunshine's capital into a frozen field, a strange garment readily accepted by the people and said citizens and playful youths joined forces in celebrating the unusual event in a lively way, the stoppage of streetcars, the only inconvenience experienced. That's just the intro. That's beautiful. Right? Who wrote that? Does it, that that's, like, I don't, th- I think this might've just been that an, we ad- know an edi- the person. It might be an yeah. editorial just by the, by the newspaper. It's the front page actually. So it's, it's this, yeah, it's interesting that you just observed that it's really beautiful. It's poetic. It is Let's poetic. really get to the poetry though. This is the beginning of the article. An arctic breath swept over the city yesterday. The weather, like a Scandinavian myth with enormous nostrils extended all over Dixie, blew a glaciating vapor that congealed and fell as snow. He laid an icy hand on the sunny Southland and dared to grin a hibernial grin in the very face of the Gulf of Mexico, bleak, jellied, and frostbound, 
and sound wears a mantle she seldom dons. New Orleans has put on a raiment of snow like a wedding garment, and as if the city were about to plight a trough with the brumal poles, the very winds of the Bay of Baffin have played the march in a la mendicin, and the rooted breezes that steal up from the Carib and the Pearl of the Antilles have fled in disorder before the cohorts of the land of the Aurora Borealis. So, like, is that how you pick up women, is just Jesus. to read old newspapers? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let me read something I, to you. <laughs> From my archives. <laughs> they swoon. <laughs> my archives. Why, do you know somebody who'd be interested? <laughs> Wow. No. That is beautiful. Some long Well, it's really it's long. It's, it's so beautiful. We should write like that more. Like, well, so I would read the paper more. I think it's because, I think it's because, I mean, think about how many, we were more literary 100 years ago. We were 225 years ago. We were more literary. I think we knew more words, really. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, if yeah, you ran a scan of all the words in the Times-Picune and, you know, you saw how many words the writers use these days, Aside from some writers, you know, some are expansive, but I think that it was it was entertainment a little bit more. You mm-hmm. know, I think it was more literary. I think that they, I think that back a hundred and this is a hundred and twenty years ago. I think that they were more well read, and I think that the things that they were reading, not just in the paper but high literature and literature in general, I think it was flowery and colorful and descriptive in a certain way that is not today. I think it's, I think it's about just, you know, clocking words, clock, clocking word counts today. I think it's... Literacy oh, yeah. you know, is much yeah. higher today, though. So do you, there's, like, definitely a trade-off, whereas we're not writing as well, but literacy is much more, like, common throughout society, whereas you, maybe 120 years ago, maybe... 40% of the population can read. Sure. You mean literacy as far as you mean literacy as far as how many people read, not how many people read the newspaper. I I mean just the ability to read. The ability to read. Yeah, yeah of course. It's much higher. Um, but, but but yeah, back then novels were like movies. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have the theaters. Well, they had or the Instagram start of theaters. In, indeed, I, I I even found an article. Uh, I found an article. The paper. Yeah, the paper. Yeah, I found the paper. A, I found an so article weird. recently introducing movies, like in quotes, mm-hmm. like movies. This is what a movie is, right? And explaining to people like what it was to go to the movies and the cinema and to see a film. Or it wasn't even called film. It was just the movies, you know? And it was an extension of vaudeville for people. That's what it was. It was you came and saw a play, and then you came and saw a seven-minute or seven-second clip of film. And there was, in in the 1890s, a lot of people don't know this, but in the 1890s, there was a place called the Vitascope Hall on Canal Street, and it was the first... What's it called? It was called the Vitascope Hall. And it was the first... It was the first dedicated movie theater in America here on Canal Street. It only lasted for a few months. It was only three or four months. And they used to show films up at West End, which was on the, on the lake, okay, up, up uh, uh, toward Bucktown and uh, uh, Lakeview. But there was a little area there where they would show films. And the first films ever shown in Louisiana were there, were here in New Orleans. And they had to, in order to power the projector to show the movies, they had to... Uh, run the power off the streetcar line 
and they had to run it through barrels of water in order to, as a makeshift transistor, to cool. because the power off the streetcar lines was too powerful for the projector, and they had to, they had to sort of like, you know, change the voltage, and then they showed films, and they would show these like five second, ten second, twenty second films, and the one that was the most controversial is called The Kiss. It's a super famous twelve second movie from that time. And it was so controversial, like people didn't want them to show it because it was a man kissing a woman and it was too private. And the city shut it down and was like, you can't show that anymore. <laughs> Only private showings of this little 12 second film of a kiss. Oh, wow. Meanwhile, like on vaudeville, didn't they have like their boobies out? They did, yeah. I, I mean, there was a lot of that. You Something know? about putting it on screen, though. It's just... I think it was. I think. Well, I think as soon as we started changing the way that we, uh, I mean, we're doing it now. Like, we've got an iPad here and, an, and a phone and phones and social media. I think as soon as we started bringing photography into the world, it really changed the way that we viewed reality. I don't want to get too heavy here, but we no, it, it, it literally changed the way. Imagine if you pull, if you open the newspaper for the first time, and there was a photograph in there, not an illustration, not a drawing of of the director of the French Opera House, but a photograph of right. that person. That and and then you get start to get used to it, and you start to see photographs. It really changed. I think it really changed. I mean, photography in general changed the way that we viewed reality. It's so beautiful that you have this. Can, do people have access, like, do we have access to these archives? Have they been uploaded? You're the, you only right have to here, unravel right them. Right Gotta talk to Joseph. No, I, I, I've been working really hard to uh, sort of triage this archive. And uh, I think there's something in it for everybody. I really do. I think you can come to the archive space and you can uh, ask it a question. And you can you can pull a couple tubes out of the out of the out of the, the wall, and it'll answer your question. I really think that it has oracular powers, to to sort of give you or reveal to you something about yourself that maybe you didn't know, and uh, and answer this question, you know. Before we started recording, we were talking about vinyl and uh, and tapes, and I feel like now you're sort of like forecasting a resurgence in like people being interested in print. There's been. There's been some studies in the last year, uh -huh. uh, uh, some academic papers and studies put out by uh, the British Museum and British Library uh, that talk about print and the retention of data and information. I think we go through our social media, our Facebook, our Instagram, and I, I think we kind of, we look at it and we love it for a second and then we forget it. People want something real. But let's be honest, is everyone reading a book right now? Does everyone I, have a book that they're reading? I am. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I am. Right. And, this, is, we're, this is a good group, yeah. though. And yeah. do you? And okay. And do you? Do you feel that you retain more when you read a physical book? Oh yeah, for sure. There's okay. something yeah. about it. And write in it, and highlight, and I do the same thing. I do the same thing. The book talks to me. I, I always read with a pencil or a high, like yeah. not a highlight, but I write with a pencil. And I sure. circle things, and I always have a couple note cards tucked in there. And I, I if there's yeah. a word I don't know, I look it up or I write it on a list to look up those words to expand my it's understanding and vocabulary. You know, it is. It is very intimate. It becomes an intimate relationship and conversation. And, with that, I would like yeah, to talk about... speaking of reading... Speaking about intimates, I would like to share with us the um, our sponsors for today. So Happy Hour is brought to us today by Basic Swim and Gym, a full range of fashion, 
swimsuits, workout and yoga clothes with style. Bikinis, one-piece, cover-ups, everything you need for beach and poolside is a basic swim and gym right next to the lingerie store Basics Underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. We also have the Hangover Destroyer. It's the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover after happy hour. Go to the Hangover Destroyer website, hdestroyer.com. Write happy hour in the coupon code and get 30% off Hangover Destroyer and seize the dawn. Also, with Louisiana Legs workout and yoga clothes. That bay over here, she does sponsor that for her show. For her, um, her yoga shows. <laughs> and that's the designs that incorporate photographic art like Mardi Gras beads, bold crawfish, wrought iron, fences in France, and caves in China. You can find Louisiana Legs on Facebook and Instagram, and you can buy Louisiana Legs on Etsy. They are designed by our photographer, Allison Moon. <laughs> So as we have to begin to wrap up, we would love to hear another beautiful song from you, Andre. So if we can take it to Facebook Live. What's this one called? I don't know yet. Uh, you gonna write a new song right now for us? I am not. He's he's picking it. Um. I'll play the newest song I wrote. It's called Nowhere. I should have known we were going nowhere But I fell for you I shouldn't have, should have second guess Cause I'm a fool for love Baby, I'm a fool I'm a fool I'm going nowhere way too fast But we kept on going I should have known I'm going down the hill you spoke to me like you never knew me But you knew, yeah you knew That we were going nowhere way too far I kept on going If I can go back in time If I can go back 
Sometimes nowhere is where you gotta be. Oh, sometimes nowhere is where you end up and go. And I'd still be going nowhere fast with you. Appreciate it. Okay, so again, we can find you at the Apple Barrel on, you said, on Mondays? At yes, Monday night with my full band at 10.30, Wednesday night solo at 6.30, and then BMC with my band at 8 o'clock on Thursdays. Anything on Spotify or Apple Music? Or? Uh, no, this next album will be on... Coming soon. Yeah. So. When are you thinking of putting that out? Uh, we're going to start recording right after Mardi Gras. So. It's exciting. Yeah. Hey, do you have anything coming up for Mardi Gras? Anything special? Uh, I have tons of classes. Follow me on Instagram at Nola Tribe Yoga or at Yoga Bay. Um, and follow us on Facebook at Nola Tribe Yoga. Or you can just come in like an hour and <coughs> shake out and lunch out your booty with me at 6 p.m. at Nola Spaces. 6.30 p.m. Where's Nola Spaces? Nola Spaces on Toledano. Um... So yeah, y'all should come. Yeah. I can tell your first your suits. Class. Maybe we may have to shed these fancy jackets and scarfs, but y'all can still come. It could be like a hot yoga. Yeah, well it should be. You know, you should just rip off the button down and let it all hang out freely. Uh, yeah, and I just want to say uh, if you're if you're interested in the project the archive, check out us on Facebook, Nola DNA, Instagram, Nola DNA, Twitter. We're on you know the social medias. Uh, and NolaDNA.com as well. Are you doing and, anything for the 300th? Yeah, so yeah. many things that I can't talk about right now because uh, we're out of time. So many things. Um, if you have an idea... Got, like, throw a big party and invite us. You know, 
a there's, longer. Yeah, and there's a lot of things. You know, there's like a lot of little pieces, parts, little things that um, uh, I get calls every week. You want to be involved with a project. Uh, I'm, I'm focusing this year on a lot of really in-depth research on a few topics. You know, I'm doing... Um, I'm doing uh, one project. One project that's gotten some attention is uh, uh, we're developing a um, using old 1920s motor log sections from the paper. In the 20s, there was road trip sections where they would give you a map and you could go on a little road trip. So we're going to be digitizing those and turning those into an interactive media piece where you can go and you can do a 1920s road trip yourself, just like they would do 100 years ago. And it's sort of raising awareness to how much the golf has changed in 90 years, in, a, in almost 100 years. Um, one event I want to bring everyone's attention to that I'm uh, uh, not, allowed, not allowed to tell you that I'm involved in, but uh, that is still a very cool event <laughs> happening at the Music Box. The Music Box in the bywater okay down all yeah, right we love the music box the, the crew of vapor the crew of vaporwave yeah. is doing a unwor un, a world's unfair carnival ball on the unfair. 2nd of february yeah instead of the ball. instead of the 1984 world's fair it's called world's unfair <laughs> so it's sort of a tribute to and we're having a carnival ball and there's going to be lots of uh, installation, art installations They're going on. They're sort of all things digital, though, and all things like Internet. I'm wondering how the, the old school stuff interfaces with that. It interfaces it very much because uh, part of my goal of this uh, physical archive is to bring it online and to scan it uh -huh. and to turn it into new media. Makes sense. That's definitely part of yeah. what we have. It, it's, it's almost a miracle. We, can, we, we have all these originals, and we can go back with 2018 technology and bring it to life in a brand new way. So it's apparent while crew, why Crew of Vaporwave would be a partner and while I'm interested in them because the Crew of Vaporwave is of course the first ever virtual carnival, carnival parade. You know, you can just, you can, you can enjoy a carnival parade from the comfort of your own home. But you don't get to dress up. You can dress I mean, up. You can dress home, up. And though, last and year, like... last year was a video game where you can actually download the video game and run around in this virtual environment and collect coins, and then you could take those coins to different locations and and, and, and redeem them for <laughs> for actual throws. What do you think about that day? Um, I'm into it. Yeah, you you like the idea of staying at home and watching a parade? And... No, no, no. Sorry. No. <laughs> no, I like to party. <laughs> we like the party too. That's why we're having an I me. That's why we're having an IRL ball. It's an in real life thing. In real life, I know yeah. I love that. Yeah, and at oh, the at the music good. box. That's it good. That people yeah. When is that coming up? On the in the second of February. It'll be okay. it's a it's a big it's that a Thursday big party. Night? Yeah, World's Unfair. No, I think it's a Friday World's night. Unfair. World's Unfair. Uh, unfair yeah. party. <laughs> <laughs> Did so we ever have a World's ways. Fair in New Orleans? 1984. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Mark uh, Morial was mayor. Jacques Morial. I feel like that's that's past the uh, the prime of the World's Fair though, because they're like real turn of the century, like. Yeah, the 1984 World's Fair in New Orleans was a, was a horrible failure. <laughs> that's why we're that's why we're celebrating it. Is the World's Unfair? I remember that. I did have a good time though. Do you guys remember the World's Fair? You weren't here. Uh, you probably weren't. Born. I was not born. Uh, I was not born either. Awesome. Actually, unfortunately. Almost born. Almost. <laughs> conceived. Soon. I was five, but I wasn't here. You know. Well, we will wrap today. Thank you guys so much for being Thanks on our for show today. Us. Yeah. You guys know where to find everyone. You can also go to itsneworleans.com follow us on Facebook but I would like to shout out our credits to 
Producer Graham DuPont, our associate producers are Allison Moon and myself filling in for Grant Morris today. Music director Christian Unrod, music producer Jean Valois, technical director Thomas Walsh, Facebook Live feed director Ezra Griffiths, fact checker and social media con connector Andrew Sorak. Happy birthday, Andrew. Theme music was written by and is being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on the show, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. Check out our other happy hours and other shows. Out to lunch with Peter Raschuti, live at Commander's Palace. The award-winning Death the Podcast, named by Paste Magazine as one of the top 40 podcasts in the U.S. and Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. Keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media. On all of that, we're It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and our Facebook page. The photos are taken today by Allison Moon. If you're listening to this on your podcast app, thanks for subscribing. Take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. This show was recorded live today at Wayfair on Red Street. In Uptown New Orleans. Here we yeah, go again. There we are. <laughs> Happy Job Hour is. is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, everyone around the table here at Wayfair, and back in our office at INO Broadcasting, thanks for joining us. I'm April Stolf. Grant will be back next week. I hope you'll join him and the rest of us then for more Happy Hour.